Episode 322, The Rant. Billy Heenan, coach, Board 127 certified basketball official, part two, The Return. Newly named the assistant coach at St. Joseph's College men's basketball team, we pull up to his crib while it's in limbo. We catch up on the rant to see what he's been up to during the pandemic, his summer that was, his suspended first season, his anticipation of everything going back to normal, and what he learned about himself. All that and more, Billy Heenan, part two, The Return, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest live in Bayshore at his home. Uh, Board 127 certified basketball official. Also the assistant coach for St. Joseph's College, which never happened. But I guess (laughs) we'll have your first season and your second season, which will really be your first. That's like when Blake Griffin was a rookie his second year, right? That's true. That's what your things. And uh, part two, the return. Billy Heenan, how are you, my friend? What's up, brother? How's it going, man? So happy to get to you, man. I, I know we went June 2nd. I'll never forget that because my boy, he came, his girlfriend broke up when we was over here. Oh, gosh. And um, I wanted to do, like, I guess maybe it was, I had way too many podcasts, first of all. <laughs> so I had you in the archive. I'm like, are right, you coming now? But then I realized, like, over time, as the coronavirus mutated into a different thing, um, our conversation just got uh, obsolete, but a lot of changes for you. You got yeah, married. Definitely, yep, yep. We're still in the pandemic. Still um, you got a head coaching, uh, uh, assistant coaching job. Yeah, man. Still the pandemic. <laughs> so as much as things have changed, a lot of things have uh, remained the same with definitely. the pandemic. But I, I did want to ask you, um, I guess right now, we're taping this on February 26th, 27th. Um, I guess the state of the coronavirus right now. Where are you in terms of basketball? Yeah, so uh, so like you said, I, I was lucky enough to uh, get a job at my old my alma mater, St. Joseph's College. I was one of the assistants on the staff. Um, you know, it's it's been a great experience, even though you know we have it a season. It, it's it's still been been awesome to be on the staff. Um, you know, basketball wise, we're looking to hopefully get AU and Lightning started up in the mm-hmm. next you know a few weeks and refing coming back around. So. I've really just been trying to, to network as much as I can. Um, you know, it's really all just been about growth for me in the pandemic, you know, making 
making more connections, you know, uh, reaching out to different coaches, reaching out to different players. Um, you know, it's it's one of these things I think we talked about it last time where, like, when it's taken away from you, you take it for granted, you know, like – Getting back, like I was talking to my wife the other day, like just setting up a schedule of I got a couple of trainings, I'm refing a game here, refing a game there. Like it's been so long without it. Like you don't you don't realize like you know, how much time it actually took up. Yeah, I agree. Now at this moment in time, things have been kind of opening up. You've been coaching on the AU level. You've been refing. Right. Have you been playing too? Uh, not much, man. I mean, I should try to play pick up a couple times. You know, we did a little bit of outside stuff. You know, when it got nice out, but. It's been, it's been tough to find gym time, you know, it's, it's, and I, to be honest with you, every time I got in the gym, it was really either, you know, recruiting, working kids out or, you know, doing workouts. So really haven't been able to play much, to be honest. Have you been to Island Garden lately? Uh, I have, I have, I have been probably a couple times this week. I feel like the gym is booked from 11 to four. Every, like, and I'm, I don't mean like during the day I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, it's, I said, what is this? It's, it's, it's honestly, it, it, it's a great thing, you know, like I said, I, I really do think. You know, there's a safe way to go about it. Um, I think we're really pushing on that. Um, you know, and, and I think it's it's just huge. You know, it's it's big for these kids. You know, we, we talk on the staff all the time. Um, I think back to really, like, obviously the seniors this year. Um, but I really feel for a lot of like, the juniors and sophomores this year. Like, you know, some of these seasons, obviously, we had these micro, mini, whatever you want to call them, these high school seasons, you know, eight games in 20 days, 19 days, and, and they pulled it off, you know, and it's, yeah, I'm impressed. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, initially I, I thought it was cr- only, and I'll say this because I went from like, my lifestyle's my lifestyle now. And it's not, it has nothing to do with reffing. I mean, right. referee ran, sure, I'm talking. So right. like part of it, I guess me being on the court, it didn't really, like, I didn't, th- I, I remember where I was. I was at Sousa and I was with Mike Kaplan, right? right. We out here training. And it's been a beautiful thing because all of the Division One athletes, all of the basketball players, right. that they were all there. We were just all there. And it was like right. a different type of family because now it's like, well, we're all athletes and we're all trying to get ready. And, and right. I normally play basketball at this time. So we were always there right. and we were just hanging out. And then all of a sudden it was weird because Mike looked at me and said, we're going to have a season. And he told me everything like Suffolk County's right. going to have three weeks and it was like late January and he's like, yeah, it'll be done in less than a month. And I'm like, how's that going to work? <laughs> right. Right. So I think like after I left that day, I'm like, Oh, I'm really going to be on the court. Eh, maybe I don't want to ref. So I kind of put it off. Right. And then one of my assignments called me like, are you refing? I went, damn, now I got <laughs> to really make a decision. Right. So I remember the first time I went out there, I just, I was so lost because it's, it's not like, um, it's not like a, a, a rec game or see right. what I, I got to like remember or like where to go formally right. and all that. So at the same time, I, I'll say that I'm the type of person that I guess if there's things that you can't control, I'm just really good at going, all right, that's not an option. Right. So right. let's just not like, right. I, we're in Arizona. Why are we talking about snow? Right. Or, right. or well, then again, now it could happen. Right. <laughs> right. At this point. <laughs> right. 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 Um, going back to, um, Going back to March, I think it was just very strange because, you know, you were probably in the midst of gearing up for AUU season. You were trying to go and you were refing at the time. Let's go back to those moments. I want to know, how are you holding up with all of this coronavirus thing? How's your family doing? And going back to March, when do you think was the moment that you took all this really serious? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, 
you know, family's doing well. Like you said, I, I was able to get married, you know, to my beautiful wife, Kyra. Um, you know, she, we, we had a COVID wedding, <laughs> let's put it that way. We, we got it done. Um, you know, I, I think our, our family's all healthy. And like I said, that's, that's the number one thing. Um, you know, I, I knock on wood, I have to say, like our family hasn't directly, you know, been affected by the pandemic of, of any losses. And, and that's definitely a blessing. Um, you know, to go back to your question too, like when did I really take it seriously? I'd probably say once like, I remember, I remember watching, um, ESPN and we got called into work that day. Um, you know, and they said, Hey, like prepare to like, go work from home, stuff like that. So I ended up taking all my stuff home that day and working the rest of the day from home was like 12 o'clock and the Big East tournament was supposed to be on. And I'm listening in the car, like first half's going on and I turn it on. And I'm like, second half should have at least been like a few minutes in. And I go channel to channel, can't find it, can't find it. And they played the first half and they actually pulled the game at halftime. Told everybody, get on the bus. And you ain't never seen that before. Never, never. And that was kind of like, all right, like Big East tournaments canceling. Like that's that's never happened before. But then 20 minutes later, ACC cancels, 810 cancels, American cancels. Like it was just like a snowball effect. And, and you know, I did say it, but I, I mean, I'm a, a, the biggest sports fan probably out here, you know, and, and to see everything just kind of like domino effect like that, that was one for me that I was like, whoa, you know, like this is this is real. Going back from that year time and then going to June when we did speak, we were both in a situation of like we were kind of used to like basketball just not existing because there was no rims in the city. And I just remember like um if you saw basketball hoops just out there, it was like gold now right. where you, you, you're so used to just going to a gym, but now it's like we, we took it back to the essence. Um, what was your summer like with this whole, after we, we went to speak that second time? Right. I mean, it was, it, it was tough to be honest with you. Like there was, you know, there was really not much basketball going on. You know, this is before, you know, I got on the staff at St. Joe's, so. MEAU stuff in Lightning usually slows down in the summer. A lot of kids away at camp and stuff like that. But it's still at least there. Like, you know how it is. You're always there in the summertime. I, I enjoy refing in the summer a lot. I actually think, you know, for me, someone who really doesn't do a lot of school, who doesn't do school stuff, summertime is pretty cool for me because you can go down there on a Wednesday night and you're refing Malloy against old D1 guys or some Hofstra guys. Like, it, you get some really competitive games, and that's really where I felt like in the summertime is where I really honed my refing skills in. You know, because you got some really solid games. Um, it was just, it was just different. Like no summer league games on TV. Like it, it, it's one of those things where, like, summer was always used to get better. Like when I was in high school through college as, as a player, like summer was always that time to work on what you needed to work on from the past year. Coaching wise, it was the same thing. Watching basketball, being around it, different coaches' clinics. You know, different. Hearing different presenters, you know, and same thing with refing. Like I, I took the time to refing the last couple of years in that summer where I told Jim, I'm like, give me as many of these games that, you know, maybe not. I mean, some guys are say, Hey, 40 bucks. I'm refing Malloy and, and Hofstra. I'm getting yelled at at every call. I, I enjoyed that. You know, it was, it was up and down. I mean, I remember I did a game, I think it was Malloy, you know, versus a group of just, you know, random kids, but all kids that played little high D2, low D1. And it's like 95, 90, 95, 88, something like that. And I was up and down the whole game. You know, and it was funny. I think we talked actually after that. And I was like, it was one of the easier games I ever ref because it's at that point when you're playing at that pace, you're just, you're just a mediator at that point. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're for when the game gets close, if there's a, a close call, like you just got to be there, your P's and Q's. Cause 
those games pretty much rest themselves. You know, the, the pace that they play, the, the shot selection they take, it's it's really just you're you're kind of not seen in those games. And I thought that was pretty cool. Now, once they there was the bubble, I'm pretty sure that you were super excited because I do remember those moments in June. You look like a sad puppy. Like, wow, you just <laughs> like no sports. You're just going to have to watch Disney Plus oh my with your daughter all the time. Now, I'm sure you enjoyed the bubble. Let's be real. In your heart of hearts, did you think that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to be good this year? <laughs> were you like excited week one as if like we're going to make some noise in the AFC North this year? I mean, I mean, listen, I... Uh, I just want to know what it's like as a Cincinnati Bengal fan. I'm I'm one of them where I would say like I, I'm more realistic. Like, I mean, to say four wins, am I happy? No. Um, but did I think we're going from two to nine? No. You know, I think I- increments. And, and obviously, Burrow getting hurt killed us at, at that point. But I, I think they're moving in the right direction. I, I could definitely say. How many times have you said that in your life I that they're moving in the right direction? <laughs> it's funny, actually. The head coach at St. John the Baptist, Jake Ellis, we have a good relationship. He sent me a text the other day. I've seen it. And it's like one of those things you see where you're like, everyone's going to think of you when you see it and you hope nobody sends it to you. And he sends me a meme that says, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals' last playoff win was in 1992 or 1993. Text messages were, were created six months after, so no one's ever sent a text message out about a Cincinnati Bengals playoff win. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you, you should say, and St. John the Baptist, too. So, And it was just like, it, it was just, just sitting there. It's like, it's like one of these years. But, um, you know, it's funny, actually, through quarantine, I, I've kind of been a little more active on Twitter, like with the whole, like, super fandom, you know, Bengals thing, follow a lot of guys. Um, you know, and, it, and it's cool. It's it's kind of cool rooting for an underdog, I got to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, they'll have their day. And also, just like realistically speaking, as a Ravens fan, <clears throat> we have like the opposite problem. Like right. we're going to have 11 wins, 100%, but right. comes playoff time, it's not – I'd rather have Joe Flacco. Right, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe Flacco brought me to the promised land a couple – you know what I mean? So, I don't know. It's, it's give or take. It's probably – they well, I don't know if they're doing you a favor, but if they're zero and five, are you still like watching or are I'm, you? I'm I'm one of these. I'm watching. It's on. There's sixteen. I just don't understand year, that like, with football. Now I'll say that September, I was into it because yeah, I didn't yeah. have to ref. So I, I mean, I was drinking Trulies right, or right. White Claw or <laughs> whatever right. whatever seltzer was was available. I I watched every week pretty much. Right. So that, that was cool. During this whole time of pause, now we're in, you know, month 13, and we talked off air about how me and James were were clairvoyant. We knew that this, because, you know, he has right. military background. I, I'll be real. I read a book, like, the first month of the 1919 pandemic, right. and it said that it ended in 2021. <laughs> I mean, 1921. Right. So <clears throat> I guess I just knew the writing on the wall. Right. Now, as much people didn't want to listen to me, I think we've just gotten to a point where, we're so frustrated. We're all universally frustrated at right. this point that I think we're trying to really have a go of like coexisting with it because right. I think we've like realized like right. it's not going to go away by Easter. Exactly. It's not going to go away by this Easter. Right. What do you think you learned about yourself this whole time? You know, that's a, that's a good one. I, I think I've really learned patience. I got to say, to be honest with you, when you're, uh, you're in home, you're at home with your now three year old daughter and, and your new wife, uh, you know, seven days a week. I'd yeah. say probably five and a half of those seven days a week. You realize how much you just were running. Oh, like, man. I'll be back and it's, I'll see you tomorrow at it's six. So, so crazy. Like, you, you don't realize, like, how many nights you're out coaching, how many nights you're out refing and, and running around. Um, so you you enjoy that family time, but you also have to develop that kind of, you know, self-patience. Uh, 
you know, my daughter, she's not in daycare now, but when, when she was, I, I definitely have a newfound respect for all the daycare workers and, and teachers out there. Um, I'm sure you, you know, you with your son too, it's just, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's not, it's, and it's one thing like when you get them, when they're decompressed from the day and they've been in school for six, seven hours and running around and then you, you know, they, they have that hour to like splurge and you're tired from, from work or, you know, you're doing whatever, but I mean, the amount of energy my daughter has at eight, eight thirty in the morning after being up to 11, 30, 12, I, I, I couldn't explain it to you, <laughs> you know, and it's just like pure energy, no sugar, like waking up like the other day she she went to sleep late woke up and she's like hey dad you want to watch a movie i'm like it's 6 30 in the morning that used to be me when i was a kid and she's just like like happy go lucky like <laughs> let's just put something on like has no like sense of time what's going on but definitely you know patience and, and uh just appreciating like everybody you have around you because like i said you you see it see the numbers creeping up every day and i said god bless we we really haven't had something directly with covid in our family and it, it's just it's something serious like like you said I think when we talked in June we were kind of soaking it in and, and processing it all but you know now you know what we're looking at eight months later I think we're in a similar boat I think we're making progression but like you said I think we're learning to just adapt with it you know and it's you're putting the mask on as a part of your daily life you know it's not that bad no not that bad at all it's not that bad I just like everyone's like you remember in the beginning where it was like oh my god it's scarce <laughs> And that was like, oh, that's a swaggy mask. I like that one, right? <laughs> right? You just start realizing, like, people are now just imbuing their flair. Now, I'll just say this. I feel like as I've asked that question, probably the past maybe, like, 80 podcasts of, like, what did you learn about yourself? I learned that everyone is impatient. Right. Is everyone impatient? Uh, definitely. Why? Uh, you know, definitely. You know, I, I really think that in this moment, you know, when somebody's trying to make plans two or three months, I, I guess you can. Right. But I'm like, dude, I don't even know like what's happening today. And I feel like that every day. Right. You know, I, I mean, I first of all, I can't believe I'm reffing to the reffing part. Do you feel now that you've had all this time of, I guess, trying to figure out where we can get in basketball? So whether that be coaching or reffing and, right. you know, you've done your share of reffing and coaching, at least in the pandemic. Do you feel like you got closer to reffing as opposed to coaching? You know what? That's a great question. I think we touched on the last time and, it, and it's. What I personally think, I mean, I, I've been able to, coming on the staff at St. Joe's was huge for me, you know, coaching-wise. I know we said, like, hey, you know, the first season hasn't officially happened yet, um, but we've been doing so much recruiting. We, we were lucky enough to get the guys in the gym for a few weeks in the first semester. Um, Coach Mike McSloy, is, he's, he's been awesome. You know, there's no other way to put it. Like, he, he knows his Was stuff. he your coach or no? He wasn't my coach, no. Okay. He, uh, he recently took over. But but he uh, he's, he's looking to put the program in the right direction. Um, and, and he has a slew of experience, you know, through a lot of great D3 programs. He was at uh, Connecticut College, at Vassar, Gettysburg, NYU. Um, and, and just like, I would say at the college level, it's more of the attention to detail. You know, the, the, the recruiting, the... Just the scouting reports, you know, looking at the depth charts. It's it's a whole slew of things um, that's really brought me closer to coaching on that side. Um, and it's it's interesting because I, I was able to do some refing, um, you know, recently kind of really picking back up. And I missed it. You know, I really, I did. It's funny you said, I, I was listening to your podcast with Andrew today. Um, yeah, shout out to Boulder Mac. Um, Long Island got the Mac. <laughs> <laughs> that That's for sure. Um, and kind of felt the same thing. Like that first time you get out there after how many months off, you're like, 
obviously you see somebody take four steps, you're like travel, but you're like blown a whistle. Like, uh, did I see it right? Like, uh, is this, a, am I see, you know what I mean? You're not, you have it. It's so much different watching it on TV than, and having the progressions live in front of you and getting yelled at for a call or maybe missing a call or explaining a call to somebody. I mean, that aspect's great. Um, and, I, and I'll stick to what I said before. I think being a ref and, and refing the game a lot has made me a better coach. Um, and I think being a coach has made, made me a better ref. Um, I know you you always try to pull me to one side or the other. I, I, I'd have to say, like, probably I came a little bit closer to coaching just because of being able to be on the staff and, and working with those three guys and learning every day. Like, I know we had, we had to wrap up a couple of, you know, right before the new year. And, you know, I just, I, I got to, to talk to all the coaches and just said, thanks. You know, I mean, I've really been able to soak in just everyone's style. And I, and I think that's really the biggest thing for me through the pandemic. Um, like we were talking about networking and, and learning. You know, I think it was a great time where you watch old film, you, you know, you look back on how you did. You know, I can tell you, I looked through all the old Super League, uh, you know, schedules of how my teams did, you know, was it smart to put my team in this division? You know, was it smart to have this group here? You know, you think about a lot of different things. And if you don't think about that, in my opinion, you don't love it. You know, it's got to be a full-time, like, I mean, we're texting each other in our coaches group chat at 12:30 in the morning. Like, Hey, did you see that play Oregon ran? You think we can put it in our baseline out of bounds, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, and that's what it is. I think it's just, no matter what goes on, I think it's just, it's definitely going to be a part of me. And I, I think it's, you know, something we're definitely, uh, definitely working close to. So I, when you'd say that you feel like I push you <laughs> in one direction, I feel like that might be a cop out because, I am a volleyball coach, so I, I do get my fill. Right. And then when I talked to you, I just talked about you like purely basketball. But I did want to mention that one of my friends, who I will remain nameless, um, there's a couple ways that I'm going to go with this. But, you know, one of my boys, he's a Division One official. Right. And he's also a elite varsity head coach. Wow. And I didn't know this. Wow. So last year, I'm doing a game. I'm not going to tell you where. Yeah. I go into the, I guess, the, the gym office. Right. And I'm like, there's pictures of him. And I'm just like. <laughs> what's going on here? Like, okay, so he clearly is a gym teacher here. So right. he comes in and he's like, hey, what's up? I knew you were on the game. Awesome. I'm so excited. I'm like, all right. Like, are you going to watch the game? He's like, I'll probably watch the game. He's like being coy. So we go upstairs and he's talking to the girls that like, right. I guess they look like they're the team. And I'm like, where's their coach? And he's like, it's me. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, and, and I think it just like blew my mind because – just like when I talk to you, I'm like, man, you got to decide. You got to figure out like what you need to do. And then when I saw him do it, and I know he's a Division One official, he's like where I want to be, and right. it's like nowhere near where I am now. Like, right, right, right. And he's like coaching, and I'm, all I can think about is like you just burned like 40 days for yourself, right. and it, it has nothing to do with the money. It's just like I I could yeah. never think that these two things, you know, could coexist. Right. Um. So, you know, I I think that another way that I could tie this in is that. Just recently, one of my friends, he just became an assistant coach on the varsity level, and this is his first time. And what was really cool is that he leaned on me this whole year. He would call me every day of like, do you remember what it was like your first year as an assistant on varsity? Right. And I'm like, yeah, it's it's different. It's an adjustment, right? right. Because I think just from where you are in terms, and, and this is interesting that you do this, that you have like more of like the younger kids, and then now you're a, an assistant coach on the college level. Right. It really rounds out your experience because there's there's part developmental, but then on the college side, right. you talk about the expectation that you already know that you should be at this 
level. Right. Right. And and same thing with the varsity level. You already know that you should at least know be competent in dribbling, right, right. competent in, in just just uh lexicon the terminology of what, right. what you say. Um he was telling me about the referees in his playoff game, and it was rough because his coach is very his head coach is, is very like he's very passionate. Right. And I just very I thrive so much in those moments of right. like communication because like I'm a coach. I, I get it. Right. Like I understand. Anytime I hear somebody like that, first I try to do this. I'm like, okay, can can the kids play? Right. If the kids can play, that's already step one. Because if somebody's yelling and your kids aren't good, right. then I go like, yo, they, they can't even do the move. Right. So I already know, like, we're already on the false pre. Now, right. if they're good and they're proficient, you know, I lean on my coaching experience to say, like, he's just impassioned because I know that he spent four hours right. drilling this, practicing right. this, game planning this, right. giving them the the mental confidence conversation so they, they can perform. And then when it doesn't go their way, it gets taken away by a ref that just got to sign that game. Right. 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 He didn't have to travel two hours to get to this game right. for like a whatever regional playoff. And he's not thinking like a coach. He's thinking right. of a ref. And, right. and I also get that side. Right. Um, and I, and I, to, just because I think it's like they're both, nobody's wrong, you know, and, and it's funny. I think you're best served coaching though. I, I'll say that. I, I could I could probably attest to yeah. it too, and it's it's funny you said that because I, I was Terry, one of our Island Garden guys. He came over to me one game because um, last year I took over the fourth grade team. You know, the first fourth grade you know team. We we unfortunately didn't get to do an AU season, um, you know, with COVID, but we got to do a, pretty much a whole Super League season. Um, and you know me there, like I, I'm intense. I, I'm constructively, you know, raise my voice at times and, and to officials and things like that, and. And one time, I, I think I was Terry, one of these guys, they were like, you realize the game's like 13 to 12, <laughs> you know, and there's like three minutes left. And I'm like, I understand that. But it, and I, I can kind of test on the coaching side when it's like, I, well, my opinion is on, on a great coach is like you set the standard, you set the tone, you know, and, and that's how, you know, me, Dave Rothman, how, how a lot of our lightning guys, how we really try to run our programs is, we're going to we're going to show you everything you need to be a successful player. You know, I, I was always one that I was into it. I was the first one screaming in one when my team got an N1 or you know, celebrating the 3 or or taking charges and things like that. Um so I that's the only way I really know how to tacticate, you know? Like so when I'm in these games, I could be up by 30, down by 30 like I want the same call. <laughs> you know, and, and and it could be a 12U game, it could be a college game. You know, and I think, I think that's the thing too. Like when you when you talk about coaching and refing and seeing both sides of it, and and like you said, I think it's a, a very interesting perspective that we both have on the game from seeing it from both sides. Um, it, it's just those are the best coaches that I had, and what I try to do is just replicate kind of that experience that I had growing up. Um, and that's it. I, I think the the more you show the kids that you're into it, how could you not be into it as a kid? You know, like, I, and and I think that's that's something that's big too. Like, especially when the on the younger age, like, there's going to be kids who are not as developed as other kids at a point. Doesn't mean that they're not going to be as good. You know, when they get to high school or middle school, and and I think instilling that you know discipline and this is how the game's supposed to be. This is how it's supposed to be refed. You know, I, like I, I ref men's league games where it takes me 25, 30 seconds to get 
five guys on the free throw line, <laughs> you know, like things like that. It's just, you know, it could be the smallest thing. Hey, this is what happens when there's a foul, there's a free throw. This is what happens. You got the ref has to touch the ball when it goes out of bounds here. Like little things like that, like instilling that. Like for me in my fourth grade game, I think one of the, the best things we did all year is our guy got fouled on the ground. Three guys came, picked him up, got on the free throw line right away. It was like five seconds. And it looked like a high school college game. You know, and I think that's, those are the things that I'm really trying to nail the way. You know, when I'm, when I'm with the younger guys, when I'm with the older guys, it's just, as long as you take care of the little things, like everything will fall into place. That, that's a great perspective. You, believe it or not, you changed my, I, you're definitely going to change my AU career for the rest of my life. Just the fact that you said, because I often think this. I coach varsity, so I don't right. like. I'm very devoid of like little kids and right. development. I like. I've I've graduated from that. I, I right. listen. You're and listen. I I have the pleasure to coach a team that has won. We've won six championships wow. in twenty seasons. So like, I'm used to like, and I and I know like, if we're at game thirteen, you have to be like this. You have to be right. like this. You. So I don't ref like haphazardly like I'm gonna yell like you already know what needs to be done exactly so I it's very transactional for me you want right. to win a ch- state you want to win a championship this, this is, is all you have to do I already know how to do it I've done it so many times so um you know I, I think about what you just said about if you're a fourth grader and you see your coach getting up like that how could you not be into the game <laughs> exactly. like I'm gonna exactly. think I'm gonna dude I'm gonna literally tell everyone when I'm doing a uh, um you know a kid game like that I'm gonna be like yo if if you were the coach, <laughs> would you not be turned up? Like, because right. you know, sometimes it's like straight cats, right. like they're just going all over the place. I did want to ask you a question, just from a coach's perspective. Uh-huh. So when I started coaching girls varsity volleyball, I was nineteen years old, right. and I remember I would always come from a place of like, I can do it, right? I can do it. Why can't you do it? Right. And then as like time goes on, you start to realize like. This kid is more sensitive. This right. kid has less of a, an ability. Right. So I got to talk to this with this type of cadence. I got to talk to this Definitely. with this type of tone. And this person, like, no, he can, he can, he can handle he can. it. Right. This is what's going to push him. When do you think you mastered that? That all of those adjustments with different types of kids. I, like I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm still I'm still in the process. <laughs> um, you know, I think it, that's funny you said that. Like, we talked earlier about the two ends of the spectrum of you know starting a team in third, fourth grade to now you know, working with college athletes, I think, like you said, every, every single player is, is different. Um, how I speak to Johnny on my fourth grade team could be way different than how I speak to Johnny on my college team. Um, and not even because of where they are in age, it's, it's all about how they learn. You know, Johnny in fourth grade could be a, a, a more of a learner where I have to show him. Like I have to physically do the move myself three times. He can visualize it and boom. You know, Johnny on the college level could just need a kick in the butt sometimes. Like, hey, like, let's go. Like, it's time to work. Um, you know, we, like I said, we, we were able to get in the gym um, for a few weeks with, with St. Joe's in the first semester. Um, and I think that was really, like, when I saw it from that end of the spectrum, like, coaching-wise, was really, like, like you said, at that point, like, there are certain things that are, like, a given. You know, you should be able to go right, should be able to go left should be able to consistently hit at least a 15 foot jump shot, you know? Um, like we used to have a saying when we were in high school, college, like, like, like playing, you know, like, like Andrew said in that area, growing up in the Amityville, Copaic, you know, Wyandits area, like we would, <laughs> that's what we were talking about over the summer. Like 
I would plan my work schedule around the export pickup schedule. Like export pickup would pick up around like 5.45 on Monday and Tuesday. Like I had to be out of work by five o'clock because I had to be at export to play. And it was one of those, like, if you lose, you're done. Like there's four nexus, you know, like you're lucky if you get picked up. And when we used to play, we always just say, hey, like you can't shoot, you can't play. And, and I think that's one of these things that I think kids going up now and through the ranks, I think what we should be pushing more of um, is playing. And it's tough, especially with this COVID stuff now. Um, I think, like, one-on-one training is great. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I do some one-on-one training stuff. I think it's all great. Basketball's played five-on-five. Five. You know, and you know this more than, probably more than anyone. You've probably seen how many games at every level, girls, boys, you know, men's, women's, college level. Like, it's played five-on-five. Five. There's there's probably there's probably a couple of kids where, you know, I saw a couple of kids over over the summer who, like, you put them in a cone drill, <laughs> they look like they're in the NBA. You know, they're they're one-two between the legs, finishing off two, reverse layups, great. You put them in a five-on-five setting, it's like I'm trying to make that move between three guys. You know, and you see it in the men's league, too, all the time, like, Guys yelling for a call, like, it, my, <laughs> I take a, a, a toll, like, on my men's league officiating where I'm like, if you have a chance to make an open layup, I'm not bailing out. Unless you get clotheslined or there's blood on the floor, like, you got to play. You know, and I think, you know, going back to the question, I think I'm still learning it. Um, I think I'm still developing, you know, my coaching strategies that way. Um, and I think it, it all depends on the player. It all depends on the situation. And, and I think – the more you're around different players, I think the better you get at it, to be honest. Can I get another truly? <laughs> of course not. I forgot. I re- didn't realize how much we just have in common. But you never look at me as a coach, do you? I really don't. You know, until you say it sometimes. Like, And I got to look out for the uh, for the Kellenberg Instagram post during the year, you know. Yeah, man. Well, uh, our season starts March 20th. Right, right. And we're going to defend our league championship that we won two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and there's not going to be a state championship, but I'm very happy that because I, I a lot of the juniors I haven't spoke to since that day we won the championship. Right. Um, I never would have thought two years later I would kind of see them on their send off with like two months left in school. Right. Um, very happy that we're going to have a season of some sort. Um, but volleyball always seemed like very low risk to me. Right. You know. Right. So that's why I never understood it. But we're going to have a season. Right. I guess we'll see how it happens. Um, you know, going now, it's going to be March. It's going to be a year, April, May. What are you looking forward to? Um, like, what's your summer looking like? What's your spring looking like? Yeah, you know, uh, definitely, like, you know, when it comes to St. Joe's, we're really out, you know, recruiting, trying to fill out our roster. Um, you know, I, and I've really learned recruiting is a number game, you know, through the staff. It's, it's you know, continuing to contact as many kids as you can. So talk to 100, hopefully five respond. <laughs> right. It's, gotcha. it's one of those like, hey, you have to, no, st- no stone unturned is what I, I like to add to the chat all the time is, you know, like you can strike out 10 times in a row on 10 kids. That 11th kid could be that kid. Um, it's kind of like that meme with the guy with the mine and he's like right at the right at the diamond and he's walking away. And then the guy who's like had three feet behind him, he's still going. You know, you got to keep keep going at it. Um, when it comes to AU, like I said, we're, we're looking to hopefully get the AU season off the ground in the next few weeks. Um, so really just focusing my time in on that, you know, focusing my time in on, on you know, St. Joe's and recruiting and looking how we can get better um, and propel into a successful season next year. And then, you know, with AU, just, just trying to be as, as available as I can, um, you know, looking forward to doing a lot of refing as well. 
um, which which wouldn't help, as you know, financially with a, a year with no refing. It's coming back into it is definitely right after Christmas time is 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 definitely a plus. Yeah. Um, you know, so just really, you know how it is. It'll it'll be a five six day grind. Hopefully, you get that one day if it's a Monday or Tuesday and Wednesday when. You know, you clock out of work and you can sit on the couch for an hour or two. Because other than that, there's not there's not too many days like that in the springtime. You know? I was going to say I didn't I didn't think that you would have refing in there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've talked to Jim a lot um, about it, and and you know, I'm ready. I, I'm all hands on deck. You know, I I miss it tenfold. To be yeah, honest with you. I do, man. I, I miss. Are you surprised that I don't miss it as much as people think I would? <laughs> you know, to an extent, you know, like you you've done. Just to, to put out there, I mean, you've done an amazing job with the podcast. Um, I just, I, I think it's awesome now. Like, it, it's funny, you know, looking through the whole, you know, archive of the podcast and like seeing you have Andrew on yes the other day, and, and like I know we was talking to Wade today. Like, you put Wade's picture in there with the Long Island Nets, and it, it's just it, you said something. You and Andrew both said something, you know, that I, I actually kind of took a hold to. Where you were like, a lot of people sleep on Long Island basketball, you know. I don't know why. It, it's, it, it's it's really. I mean, I know why, but I I don't know right, why. Right, and I, I mean, I think Long Island basketball is special, you know. And and I I always tell people I look back to my years like 2011, 2012. You know, we maybe had we had you know Lucas Woodhouse went Division One. We had one or two players go Division One, but we had probably, you know, I did a camp with Emil Blackman from Hills West about a year ago, and we were talking about it. we had probably had twenty to twenty five high. D3 and D2 level players that played four years of college basketball. Like that's a lot. I mean, out of my graduating class at Amityville, we had four guys that played four years of college basketball. Like you don't, you don't get that a lot of places, you know, and I think it's, it's special. I think there's a lot of, a lot of talent out here. I think there's, you know, a, a lot of great things being done. Obviously, you know, Boulder Mac does a great job over there. Um, you know, there's a lot of great leagues. There's a lot of great opportunities, you know, and, Either way you look at it, if you want to do it on the ref side, if you want to do it on the coaching side, um, you know, with, with crunch time and, and all these other, you know, pro-am adult leagues, if you want to, you know, dust the, dust the kicks off and get back in shape, you know, it, there's so many, so many things for you. Um, and, and that's my thing. I, I just really kind of sucks me back in all the time. Like even it, like you said, with the pandemic, when you get more time to yourself, you think like, oh, is it going to, it, it kind of sucked me back in a little bit more, you know, it, it definitely I'm at a point now where like it's a part of me, you know, like it, it it's if I'm not talking hoops with someone thinking about what's going to happen with hoops in the future, like it's some, something's not right. I feel like I just want to do this full time. <laughs> I'm just I'm just being serious. And, and it's not because, you know, I just I feel I feel like this is like my calling. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like especially like recently, just your compliment. I, I appreciate that. I, awesome. I sincerely do. There was like three or four different people that I like really respect. They were like, man, you do such a great job. You're a natural. And I'm like, I, I'm so like devoid of not necessarily com compliments, but just right. more of like, bro, it's, it's so much work. Right. It's so much work every day, but I just think it looks so beautiful. Right. And that's all I care about. I'm just trying to, ch I'm trying to chase. Can I make it unique today? Right. And can I make it like salvageable for everyone to listen to forever? Right. And, um, I don't know. It's just like been on a ride and, and I don't think of it as like, um, I just, <laughs> all I'm worried about is today. Literally. Right. I just go, I got all of this and I'll have 20 things on the list right. and I only get 14 done and I'm pissed. <laughs> right. I'm just mad. Right. And I'm like, how did I ref before? 
because this is oh, it just consumes me. Right. It just consumes me. Uh, but dude, I appreciate that you rock with it, man. Definitely, it's, man. Definitely. It's crazy. It, it's 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 truly crazy. I mean, well, if you were me, what would you do? Would you want to ref more? Or would you want to just do referee rant type things? <laughs> I, you know, I I probably would say like I, I think like you said, I think you got to call them with this stuff. Like, and, and it's funny because it's it's almost like. There's people you haven't seen in a while and you see them pop on the rant and then it sparks conversation with you and them, you know? And, it, and I think it's, it's one of these things. Like if you were to do a roadmap, you know, if I, what, what episode are you up to now? What's your, what's your number? Uh, 306. 306. So if you go from episode one, I was, I want to say 64, yeah. 64. Is that weird <laughs> that it was like three, we were at 300? That's great. That's, that's nuts. But it's, if you, if you did a roadmap from episode one, the 306, and you probably polled all those 306 people, how many people you've done in, in that time. Like, I couldn't tell you how many people I've known in that 306. You know, and, and it's funny because I remember, you know, dude, when you first did this, I mean, how many people did you say you knew when you started episode one? Like, how many connections have you made? Well, I definitely made, well, know? put it this way. I think I've always made quality connections because, like, I'm just, I'm a human being. Right, right, like, right. I'm... I'm sure the first time you saw me ref, I'm like, okay, this person is very special. Like he's just entertaining. He right. wants to entertain the whole thing. But I've always had relationships. Right. I don't, you know, I, I think, especially like in the refereeing game, sometimes it's so like frowned upon just within the community of saying like, well, he knows, he knows all these people. Right. So think about me if I go in this, like, okay, I get what I get. And they go, well, he runs referee rant. Bro, I put nothing but sweat in this. Right, right. So if you want to say that, cool. Right. That's my try. And I think of it as, it's a, it's a weird take, but say you're, there's board 127. Right. And it's like the U.S. government. Right. And you have board 41, which I'm a part of, is like the German empire. Right. And then there's Osama bin referee rant, <laughs> who's wearing sweatpants, right. who does his own thing. Right who strikes at any time he wants to, right. who makes all of the decisions, who is really trying to have a benefit right. in the um, in the officiating community. What I, what I really underestimated this whole time is like, you know, just hearing you as an official, which I think a lot of people find surprising because I think a lot of people, at least in the referee space, identify you more as a coach. Right. But to just have that duality of a coach and then have players and then referees. So I think in the beginning, I always thought of it as like, okay, you're a referee. I want you to tell your story. I never thought how beneficial it would be to talk to a coach. So the next time I speak to him, not that I want it to be easier for me, but just to be like, yo, I got a real connection with you. Like I realized that I love the game just as much as you do. I just decided to do something else. So I always found that, you know, very very interesting. And then just players alone, just like their misconceptions of referees of going like, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you was a cool person. Like, yeah, I played ball before. Like I love the game. Just, I talk mad shit. Like I talk, I talk that talk. That's why I can't play with refs. I can't, I I need unlimited fouls and I need to be able to like talk that talk. So it's funny though. We, I don't know if I ever brought this up, but I had, my four years of college basketball, I had one tech ever. Never got the name directly of the official. I got it. I got it somehow. Maybe I connected with you one day. Let I guarantee you. you're gonna catch him on I'm one of your sh- games. I'm sure, a thousand percent. <laughs> and we're playing Sage. It was a huge game. I had 
I, that week I was like 15. We played Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. It was like 15 Monday, 17 sat, uh, Wednesday. And I'm going in Saturday and Sage was the number one seed at the time. And I was on the game. Like, it was like eventually like more and more I'm getting on the game plan. And like that game, it was like, don't let me get a three off. I couldn't get a three off if I wanted to. I was like 0 for 4. We're down by like 7 or 8 in the end of the game. Finally get one off. I bank it in. I, In my opinion, I get fouled. You know, drop an explicit that I probably shouldn't have dropped at that point. We're down by seven. I have four fouls, so that actually fouls me out on the tech. And we play, I think it was like a non-conference game, like Tuesday and Wednesday the next week. And you know how it is out in, you know, with, with Division three College, especially in the skyline. I walk out, layup lines, and who's standing at, at half court? Same guy that teased me up like three days earlier. And usually, like, I, I was always pretty good. I, you know, gave a fist pound to everyone. Like, before that, you know, when we first came out, hey, how's it going? Good seeing you again. How you doing? And he actually walked up to me. He's like, we're good? And I was like, it's pretty cool because, I, I mean, I came out like, damn, this guy's going to be gunning for me all night. He's like, hey, we're good? I'm like, yeah, we're good, man, my bad. He's like, no, it's all good. He's like, it happens. And we, you know, dapped me up, and, I, you know, we won the game. But that was, like, one of the moments for me, honestly, like, when I kind of thought about getting into refing, I was like, Never would have expected that to happen. It's like all game. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be walking on eggshells around this guy, and like he saw it out. I'm sure it probably was on his mind, just like it was on my mind. Making the game, he's like, hey, like that little, hey, we're good. Like, squashed it before it even, <laughs> you know, before it even started. So I thought that that's something, you know, like you said, it's it, it it's funny to to. I think this pot, this podcast, and this platform shows like this, the connections that we all have. If we're coaches, if we're players, if we're refs, like. Like you said, we all love the game equally, you know, and I think it's great too when you mix the other sports. And I saw you did hockey, you know, the, one, the other day, and I know you did, you know, you do volleyball, you do flag football, all this stuff. It's like we all love sports in general, and that goes back to like we were saying in June, like there's no sports on, you know, like I'm watching, yeah. I'm watching nothing but Disney Plus, and, and I couldn't tell you how many times I watched Frozen. Frozen. How about Frozen? Moana? Oh, did you watch Moana? I no more Moana. I know I've, I've Frozen too. <laughs> no more. Yo, I, I can't believe there's been times during the pandemic where they'll watch Frozen 2 and my kids will be like, all right, what do you want to watch now? Frozen 2. Yeah, we just, it just ended. And you, you like, you like, it's, I feel like that movie's like Drake. Oh my God. You can, you can go out of your way and avoid it. And you still know the words. Like when the first time I heard No Guidance. Oh gosh. It was, it came out, I believe in like January-ish. All right. First time I heard it was, no, 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 I'm sorry. It came out in the summer um, before the pandemic. Right. The first time I heard it was the date that Kobe died. Like, oh, really listen right, right, to it. Right. Like, yo, this song's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and how does Drake do this? Chris Brown clearly is a superior singer right, compared right. to him, right? Why does he still body him in that song? <laughs> it's crazy. What's up with that? It's crazy. Drake's my favorite rapper. So I, I got to say, like, he... he He's your favorite he sounds, rapper. He is. He definitely is. Did you hear Jay-Z's verse on that um, Black Messiah song with Nipsey Hussle? I did. You know what I thought? I, can I just tell you what I thought when I first heard? I didn't, I just listened to it. I didn't uh, like look at it deeply. I just went, wow. If, if This is what I said to my friends. I said, if Drake hears that now, he realizes that he's still far away. Right. Yeah. You agree? I, I, I agree. Like, listen, Drake He's my, very far away. Drake is my favorite rapper, but he's, you know, I think, you know what I think, you know, the whole Drake take for me is like, he's just so well-rounded in so many different Genres like he can put he's he's a killer. He can put a, a killer. I can put a rap song on for you right now, an R and B song, and then a, you know like a Caribbean song, and in three in a row, and then I could 
just roll it back. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, he's so well-versed that I think it sometimes hurts him in a game. But, yeah. You know. He still doesn't have a classic album to me. Eh, I, I, can, I can see you. I, I think he has always seven good songs. Right. He definitely has three. Uh, that Views album, this is when I knew it was serious. So, I drive to Long Beach. Right. And I'll never forget. I'm pulling into a spot. And they're singing one song. I think it's, um, I need a one dance. Right, right. Okay. I get out the car. Somebody's waiting at the light and then going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is, this is, this, well, how did this happen? How did That's this awesome. happen? That's awesome. So, and then um, I, I went to, I went to the, the beach, mm-hmm. like the beach. And they were playing another song on that album. Right. And it was, I think at the time there was like four songs concurrently. As a Drake fan. This is very important to me because I, I just want to see what your your taste is because I, I I'll be real I don't Scorpion like put me off yeah. like it, it eh. What's your favorite Drake album? Got to be Take Care. Yeah. Got to be Take Care. Why? Because it's like half Care Bear half rapping. <laughs> I think you know what it was. I think Take Care was like so it was like my senior year of high school kind of dropped, mm. and I think it was just like that was like my first like taste of like yo like. This guy's this guy's legit. Okay, and it's always just kind of stuck with me. Like I I could I could throw take care on right now, and I could run you like it's great one through fourteen. I just listened to Underground Kings literally the other day. Classic, great song. Classic, absolutely, absolutely classic. My favorite. Okay, what's your favorite straight rapping Drake album? I'll tell you mine before you. Why you think? If you're reading this, it's too late. Wow, I, th- I think that, he, I think he's just a, vicious. That was like the, that was on the tip of my tongue. He's so you know? vicious. He really was. He's that, just so vicious. Like I feel like he heard the overtures of like this guy sings too much. Yeah, like that was probably like you said, definitely like the most like I said, vicious. Just and, vicious. Him like coming out on rap on an album, definitely. I I probably say say uh, say if you're reading this, it's too late. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my favorite, favorite, favorite of all time, because I, I have, like, such an emotional connection, which is So Far Gone. I think So Far Gone is... Dude, that can't, can't be that either. You know why? Because no it, it, my favorite rap is Jay-Z. Right. And he's always like, drugs, drugs, drugs. Ralph can't relate. I can't relate to none of that. But when, when Drake says, I sent my ex a late night text and I don't know how to let go, 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 <laughs> I definitely know, know, know what he's talking about. <laughs> Like, oh my God, that really affected me. me. (laughs) Man, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to leave some more me in the bone. So have a part three. Um, My final question, now that everything is kind of opening up, I'm going to have volleyball and apparently we're going to have like an AU season. Sure, we're going to have outdoor sports being played. Um, When do you think this is all going to end? funny i was talking to my wife about this the other day i i mean i think masks are going to be a, a stay um for a pretty long time to be honest with you um i think it really just all depends you know it i think we're like right now like today's you said february 26th about to be february 27th like i think we're at a turning point like when you know if like we were talking what about, makes you think we're at a turning point i mean we, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with no, you no, i just no. want to know we were you know you, we were talking about david rothman earlier i mean we we talk back and forth 
three, four times a day because we're really trying to solidify everything we're going to do for the spring. By the way, I can't believe... Shout out to Dave Rothman. Definitely. Like, I can't believe he's a fan. <laughs> like, I went from yelling at him to be like, I heard the last one. Like, heard the last one or what? <laughs> what are you talking about? He's a huge podcast guy. He writes me all the time about the, about the referee rant. Um, Seriously? He does, he does. He, he's, he's always checking in, always seeing who you have, who you have on there. No, it... People will come up to me now. Like, it's it's gotten to a point. So people come up to me, and when they go, like, I'm a real, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And I'm like, okay, so you let, you know the last four digits of my social. Like, I can't believe how much people, right. like, know my story. Right. Very weird. No, it's go ahead. Awesome. I'm sorry. But no, just, so we talk all the time, and, and, and he's huge into the possibility of this new strand of the virus coming out. Um, and yes. We were talking about. Because he was telling me he took all his money out in December. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and he's talking, you know, 33% more contagious. And I, and I, I think it's, I think it's at a point where, Hey, like if we continue with the mass, with the social distancing, you know, I think we could be in a space where we're moving forward. But again, if the strand comes out, there's no, who knows? And, and that's my biggest take when I've been talking to a lot of parents through this whole thing and, and rightfully so, like, like we're both parents, you, you're going to sign me. I'm going to sign Juliet up. You know, we do dance with Juliet now. And I had a million questions. I was that parent who I couldn't, I wouldn't say couldn't stand, but like I was that parent that had. You want to know your, your daughter's safe. Hey, yeah. Like I had a call. I'm going to show up and ask two more questions. Like I, I, I get questions all the time now from our parents. And, and I, my question is, hey, we're going to do everything in our power to keep your son, your daughter, they're, them safe. Um, and when it comes to a point when, we don't think that it's safe anymore. That's that's when we're going to have that talk and that yeah. issue. Um, but my biggest thing is, and to answer your question, when they ask me, what do you think, what do you see that's going to happen? I tell you, if I told you where we would be in March or, or where we'd be at the end of April or May, I'd be lying to you. And that's what I think we're at. I think we're at the point where it's like, hey, March, the first week of March, we could have a new strand and we can be, back to square one or the, the weather could start to turn and, you know, more people get vaccinated and we can be in a 10 times better place in the summer, which I'd hope, you know, I'm very optimistic. Um, but also in that back of your mind still saying, Hey, we're, we're not out of the woods yet. You know, we're at that point where it's not time to take the mask off. It's not time to stop social distancing. Um, do I think we can do things safe? Yes. Um, I think we have to continue to, Take all these precautions possible and necessary. Um, but just to answer your question, I I would say at least, you know, the next six months, I think we're going to be in a, in a period where if this mutation is that serious, that we have to continue to take this serious on a day in and day out basis. I still have maintained summer 2021. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm lying. I said summer 2022. Right. That's when I think it's going to all end. And, you know, like I said, I think we have gotten to the point where we can at least live with it, right? Because we're, we're just, are you okay with the summer 2021 just being a pandemic summer again? I, are you okay with it? I mean, I mean, listen. Because I am. <laughs> I, I think I'm at that point too. Like you said, we've all adapted. Um, whether it's just, I mean, you know, we had the COVID wedding. We bought a fire pit. I got a fire pit outside. I got, you know, I, I got all the lunch. How's the fire pit on uh, February 27th? Not good? <laughs> I think a little bit of propane out there. If you want, you want to step outside, we could, we could always go. Maybe we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're all adapted at, at this point. Um, do I miss, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm a huge, huge Yankee fan. I mean, I'm usually a seven to 
10 game a year goer like that. They didn't figure out the uh the artificial noise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah, just they, as a baseball umpire, it's just like yeah, that's not what it sounds like. Definitely not. But um, the bubble was like, okay. I got to I got to show you I'll show you a video. I went to it was funny when like the whole quarantine happened like Fox was playing like all the old games and they played best sporting event I've ever been to. What? Game 3. Yankees Indians when they're down 0-2 and they won one nothing. Oh God! Uh, when, 2007, 2017, 2017. Okay, okay. When Judge robbed the home run, Bird right, 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 right. Run. That year they should have won the championship. Should have won the World Series that year. They should have won the and championship. It's funny because, like that entire game, it's one nothing. Like you're on the edge of your seat. What a great team! Unreal. And uh, like you left the stadium that night, and I remember being with my buddy, and I'm like, they're gonna win this thing. Like we're not, we're not losing. And then they came on, they won the next two. Um, but like just that atmosphere, like that that if I, there's anything I really like truly miss other than ball, like sporting events is. You know, I, I was actually fortunate I was planning my first Cincinnati trip this year, which with COVID kind of took a huge curveball. But hoping it, at some point to be able, you know, finally get a trip there. Definitely, we always talk about maybe going to M and T for uh, a Bengals uh, Ravens game. I'm always, you know, I'm always turned down. up, always turned <laughs> up, always down. Um, but just 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 gatherings in general, and and I, I'm big on too like when it's safe, like like I I, I love it. I, I was watching you know the Nick game had they had 2,000 fans, whatever it was, the other day. I think it's great, great that people are getting back. But like you said, just being safe. We were talking you know talking to Wade the other day. He's actually going to the game tomorrow night when they play uh, they play Dallas at at the Barclays. Yeah, I, I talked to Wade. He said yeah. he's finally going to be on the podcast. So I'm excited, awesome, man. man. Awesome, man. And you know I hope Wade listens to this like. You know how I met him. I met him because I pulled up to that to that thing in Syosa. Took a picture of him randomly. Right, right. Got like 500 likes off that picture. Yes. First of all, you know how honor it is for like, I'm talking about refereeing. Right. Like it, it is it is the garbage can of basketball, one. Right. It's black and white. I'm not naked. Right. I'm not a girl. That's in my 20s. <laughs> the fact that people rock with me, I, I truly appreciate. I really do, man. It's awesome, man. It, it, it's awesome. And like we said, this keep pushing, keep keep going through. You know, we let definitely left some more meat and bone. There's, there's definitely some other stuff we can get into. So part three, we can. Well, we'll, we we'll talk go. about it off air right now. But um, of course, any man. final words you want to say before we part ways? That, that's it, man. I'm just I, I'm excited. We finally got it done. Um, I'm excited to see what the future holds for all of us. Um, and, and just everyone out there listening, just just continue to stay safe, continue to uh, to push on, continue to network. And and just because there's a pandemic going on outside doesn't mean that it could stop you from from networking, from Getting a new job from from you know anything that anything that you really put your mind to through this pandemic, just just keep pushing on. It's my best advice to anyone out there. Right, and the best excuse is uh, COVID. <laughs> on the flip side, <laughs> that's true. That that's also true. But I'll, I'll just say uh, my final thing that I wanted to say to you, man. Thank you for all your contributions, man. I think it it takes a lot to be a coach and a and a referee. But hopefully, by the time we do part three. I will be joining you in the stripes and we can finally officiate a game because I think that would be completely weird. I know. But I, I, I look forward for that day, man. For Billy Heenan, Ralph the Ref, this is The Ramp. We are signing out. Peace. Peace.